The Tag Team Podcast is now on Alexa via the Inipod app. To use just say, Alexa, open Inipod. Inipod. At your service. Ask me to play a podcast. Play the Tag Team Podcast. Now playing the Tag Team Podcast. You're listening to the Tag Team Podcast. The podcast that is a WWE Network companion. Currently covering 1985 WWF Tuesday Night Titans. And now here are your Tag Team Podcast hosts, Jeff Jones and John Burke. Greetings and welcome to our second episode of the second season, episode 19. God, just gets me going. <laughs> It does. It's like, yeah, podcast time. Let's do it. <laughs> this is what we did in pre-getting ready stuff. That's what it's all for here. There you go. Oh, so what's been going on on your side of the world? Because we don't live nowhere close to each other, of course. Traffic. That's about the best way to sum up my day because of all the goodness that's out there right now. I agree. Been to Walmart more times this week than I care to admit. And there's been more people there than I'd ever like to see. Yes, it's been similar to me for Costco. Get there on 9 o'clock or 10 on a Wednesday or Thursday, and it's like it's a Saturday at 2 o'clock. It's crazy. Now, does Costco have a business membership where they open up an hour earlier like Sam's does? I do not think so. Oh, well, just heads up. Sam's Club has a business membership, and they'll open the doors at 7 o'clock for you instead of 9. I got cards to both, my friends. But not a business membership, but I do have cards both. You ever try to do a price comparison? What I compare it to is Sam's has cheaper, but Costco still has more for a little bit more. So let's say protein shakes, the ones I buy, Sam's has a 12-pack for $19. Well, Costco has an 18-pack for $24. So that's how I compare them. Usually that's the case on most of the same items. For vitamins that I take, one has 200 for a little bit cheaper. Costco has 300 or more. So there's really no difference other than just how much money do you want to spend? Everything else is pretty much the same. For the most part, I mean, Costco's to me seems like they have more food options. They have more meats and stuff like that than Sam's does. So for me, I do bison chili. Costco only has that. Sam's doesn't carry any whatsoever. Check out Sam's has the advantage. They're a lot faster. They have more registers. You go to Costco, you're going to be waiting for a while. The Sam's has less stuff, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Sam says better gum. Go to gum for Sam's. Regular chewing gum, not Nicorette gum? Regular chewing gum, yeah. Okay. Costco has some, but not much variety. Does the Costco have all the little people there waiting to sample my goodness that I've been cooking in the microwave? Yes, they have sample people as well. Plus, they have some, I guess Sam's does now too, they have some solo people that are kind of out in the middle of nowhere that are selling fresh seafood and stuff like that. Eee. Well, then, I guess the uh, streets of Costco would be clear of dogs and cat no strays around here. The views and opinions expressed by Jeff Jones during this podcast are those of his 
and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of John Burke or any listeners or subscribers to the Tag Team Podcasts. Awesome. Glad your, your day is about as terrible as mine. Yes. That's good. Yes. People ruining everything. Pretty much. Amen. Previously on the Tag Team Podcast. So on the last podcast, episode 18, we had... Tuesday Night Titans happening January 4th of 85. We come with a new year. Same old, same old. We have Vince McMahon and Lord Alfred Hayes open up the show on a Friday night. Even the cameraman's not ready when he pans over to Alfred. He's sort of shaking, shaking bacon. I got an exclusive for that if you like. Awesome. You're a reporter on the street. Yes. So I went out, went rogue, went and watched a little bit, and watched it all yet. The first episode of Primetime from the same year, January 1st, 1985, off YouTube, because the network doesn't have it. And pretty much, they sum it up in the first 30 seconds. Man, I should have watched this first, like it was intended. And for those of you that are wondering, TNT will now be seen on Fridays. That's correct. Friday night is the night for TNT. And right here on the USA Cable Network. And what does that first T stand for? Apparently not Tuesday anymore. I don't know. Totally not Tuesday. Yep. TNT, done. Yep. So from now on, we'll change it to totally not Tuesday for 85. There you go. Next up, we have footage of Hulk Hogan training Hillbilly Jim. This goes over as well as about as you would think it would, with Hillbilly being as elegant as a baby giraffe learning to walk, as he's never lifted a weight, benched, squatted, anything. And even worse, we had Hulk Hogan special drink to try to invigorate Hillbilly Jim didn't seem to work. We go back to the TNT set and we have Nikolai Volkov joining the set and he always looks confused whenever he is anywhere on the TNT set it seems. After that we have Volkov singing with the TNT band. Quick note that <laughs> totally not Tuesday. Titans band did look like a bunch of Boy Scouts that have been recruited with their navy blue and yellow ensemble they have. Uh, next we cut off to a match with with Nikolai versus Athens Apollo, and we learned that Apollo was trained by Atha, one of the wild Samoans. Uh, Nikolai wins that, of course. Uh, we move to a tag team match with SD Jones and Aldo Marino versus Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. And as the match goes underway, we have Volkov singing the Russian national anthem, and we have two mysterious people with American flags. You have to tune in to see who that was to ruin the party. Coming back, we have Captain Lou Albano. He joined the set. He is doing his classical face turn, it, it seems. He still has his rubber bands flopping around, as they do, but he does boast about how he has seen the light uh, with Cindy and Hulk Hogan, and he has joined the foundation to find a cure for MS, multiple sclerosis. After that, we have an interview with Captain Lou and Roddy Piper, and it cuts to a video of Cindy Lopper on stage talking to the crowd about Wendy Richter, and it goes back to the interview and had a little time warp there. And the interview is about the previous video that was shown about Wendy and Piper states that he was tired of smelling beer and needing a babysitter just for Cindy. Next, we have the Cindy Lopper interview and they cut to a video of Wendy thanking Cindy Lopper for helping her getting trained and help her getting prepared for the match. After that, we have Roddy Piper joining the TNT set and due to Lord Alfred Hayes excusing his actions, he is allowed back on TNT property and we see that piper does take a shot at the band which i did too and he did release the m word believe it or not 
Yes, Cindy Lauper in Blue Boy Magazine. Next, we have a match with Roddy Piper versus the Tonga Kid. And this is a we don't know. We don't know. Ending as there was a chair brought in and no disqualification was brought up. The referee thought it was fine. And finally, we have back to the set. Roddy Piper attacking Captain Lou Albano after Piper states that Lou Albano pocketed some of the charity money that he had raised for MS. That, my friends, was episode 18. Totally not Tuesday Titans. This episode, episode 19, January 18th, 1985, was not on YouTube, but it looks like the next one very well could be. So tune in for that. Right. Hi, I am Bosley and I am here with Hulk Hogan. Hulk, thanks for being part of this promo for the new Tag Team Podcast Shop campaign. Sure, no problem. For each shirt or item sold, a portion goes to the Tag Team Podcast to help fund the web bandwidth cost. We have shirts starting at $24.49. Wow, that's unbelievable. If you sold all those shirts, where's my percentage? Hulk, you don't get a percentage. Some of the money goes to the Tag Team Podcast since they are their shirts. Those are my shirts. I've got a right to sell them. Do you want to cash me outside how about that? That's not what I want. Look, man, I made a mistake. I apologize. I was a real horse's ass. That's what I thought. To visit the Tag Team Pod Shop, go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash the Tag Team Pod Shop, all one word, or click on the link in the description of this podcast or on the side of the web page. Do it, brother. I guess I blew that one. It's okay, Hulk. Our listening audience are used to it. That's for damn sure. Recap in the 19th episode of Totally Not Tuesday, January 18th, 1985. First up, clip time. The latest of HPJ, Hillbilly Jim, and Hulk Hogan training. Get to see the improvements of HBJ. And first up, they show the orange stuff, which now looks brown, that I assumed was from two weeks ago. They just left it out. Yes, and I'm glad you said the improvements, because the Lord... Well, I should say Alfred did, did mention that when you train with Hulk Hogan, you should be improving quickly. And indeed, Hillbilly, kudos. They go back through. Hillbilly is willing to drink the orange, now brown stuff without having to be coerced into drinking it. And they do a shocking revelation and on live taped television show Hillbilly Jim pops some steroids. <laughs> Mm. That's how you get big, folks. Also, did you notice the I'm an American breakdown beginning to play it? Yep, I had to dub over the, the music there and start with Hulk Hogan's theme that wasn't even out yet, but magically is on the network. I started hearing that, and I was like, oh, it's a Pink Floyd rendition. That's awesome. It slowly started going in, and the, the redub actually took over everything, all the sounds again. You can hardly make out what Hulk was saying there. <laughs> they close to the end of where Real Hillbilly was still running like a baby giraffe in the ropes. You still couldn't hear what they were saying as the music get louder and even when they transitioned back to the studio the music was still playing yeah we gotta crank that up don't have copyrights on that just crank it up <laughs> i'm drawing out the audio who cares crank it up it's fine we'll do it in post yeah oops but it is good to see that hillbilly jim is improving so kudos mr jim yeah hogan says to give him a couple weeks which i uh, thought uh more vignettes, but happy to report in the preview that I've seen in the next episode, there is no vignette of this. I concur. Amen. <laughs> 
Next up, we go low, low with Skylo Low as he comes in for his first TNT appearance, even though we first saw him with no ex- explanation on the wedding episode, episode 17. He was just there. Of course, if you follow the time period, you probably knew who he was, but if you're just watching off the network, who's this guy? It was pretty awesome to have him come on the set, and he states that, Hey, the couch is better than the pie in the face, right? <laughs> yeah. And he does speak of the wedding between Vashon and the wife that things are starting to come out sort of scandalous yeah all of a sudden TNT becomes TMZ with your reporter Skylar Lowe giving you the dirt he didn't go into too much detail I don't believe nothing I thought was juicy enough to write on the Twitter no they did go through one of our favorite gifts that we have from last season though and that was the loaded cane and showed that again with Skylar Lowe I did like that, and anytime I need to chuckle, I will go back to that and watch that a lot. Sometimes I'll slow the gift down so I can see the point of impact to see if he actually throws it when he gets hit or if he tosses it before he gets hit. <laughs> right on cue, Mr. Lolo. Yep. Right on cue. Kudos. This is almost like a wedding recap type deal going on. They show a lot from episode 17 clip from the wedding banquet right after the show, loaded cane clip from the actual wedding ceremony. They show the start of the cake fight but we got clarification actually i heard it and i didn't want to make too big of a deal of it but we do hear the the spooler's wife saying he looked up my dress and he looked up my dress and scott lolo was there to confirm that there was no way that he could have looked up her dress as he was trying to actually find the ring and there was no way because he did not have time to do that such action he was accused of and he is from canada correct Montreal, I'm supposing. All right, they get kind of a Frenchy attitude there. That's why I was, I was curious. Anyways, back on topic. After we get our reviews of episode 17, it's a little clip fest they got going on there. We go to a match that took place way before Tuesday Night Titans was ever a thing. Looked like it was Skylo Low, Little Brutus versus Joey, and Frenchy Lamont. So we got Canada and Italy versus Canada and France. Not sure what happened with Canada and Canada, but at this juncture, they were on separate teams. Yeah, I don't know. Everything's backwards there anyway, so I don't know what they were <laughs> really trying to do. We were treated to Vince Dubover for commentating, because there's no way he did the original match. But they didn't do any studio inserts or anything like that, because we didn't hear any Lord Alfred on this match or anything from Sky Lolo himself. It was just Vince as if he was there back in 1960-whatever. Uh, the match was the best of two of three, which was nothing out of the ordinary for back then. Kind of bizarre for now. It was a 45-minute match with a time limit. I think we can agree that the referee just didn't care what was going on. Nope, he was ready to go home. Missed pins, missed tags, missed the handful of tights at the end that gave little Brutus the win. And I didn't think Skylolu was actually running heel. Nope, it looked like they were running face, but maybe that's where him and little Brutus parted ways after this controversial finish. I don't know. Hey man, win's a win. I think I do have a picture of the phantom tag that Skylo misses completely, and the ref 
just lets him in. His opponent's like, yeah, whatever. Close enough. That's tag. Get in there. Yeah. Like you said, there was a lot of... Yeah, it was a Freddie Blassie referee match. What a single like. Yeah, did have some similarities for sure, Freddie Blassie. After that, they go back to the studio and Sky Lolo has these boots. Yes, definitely a candidate for best dress for the end of the season award show. Oh, yeah. So far, we have two contenders. Also, in this area of the broadcast is when Shaky Cameraman comes back. <laughs> this is true. But uh, at least we haven't seen Mr. Squeaky Door, so I'm good with that. Correct. Squeaky Door is gone. Shaky Cameraman in his place. Next on set, we get the Executioner. Another mask square. And once he is there, he is greeted kindly by the crowd. Nothing all the ordinary for a mask marauder. Before he joins, Alfred was saying, you know, when you wear a mask, you hide your identity. Your opponent doesn't really know who the person is behind the mask. And Vince asks the executioner, hey, what do you wrestle with this mask? What do you wear a mask? Were you wearing acid or something like that? And the executioner says, well, it's none of your business. <laughs> he says, that's why. He says, uh, you know, like the Lord was saying that the wrestler doesn't know who you are so you gain a psychological advantage over your wrestler. Vince says are there really any disadvantage? Yeah, no peripheral vision so you always gotta grab onto them like a horse with blinders. And from there we cut to a match of John's favorite wrestler, Tito Santana taking on the Executioner. There are normal commentators Vince and Bruno seem to be the TNT favorites so far for the season. I didn't get too much out of this other than a most unusual headlock. <laughs> that went on longer than needed. Yes. Easter egg for that at the end here. And we have our first guest loser of the season. Congratulations, Executioner, for your award. Yeah. Salvatore, look out. We have a contestant running for your award. You better pick it up. The only thing I caught really on there was why Vince wouldn't show a victory match for the Executioner. And also, I did grab a gif of Tito's unfair pin as the Executioner clearly had some shoulders up during that one, two, three, but I think that was the same referee from the Sky Low Low match, and he was just ready to get out of there. Well, we do know Cheeto didn't become Cheeto for no reason. You have to earn that. He's working overtime to earn that rip. Exactly. Right off the bat the season, faking his knee injury because he didn't show any signs of it, and cheating again. Welcome back, Cheeto. We missed you. And he even had the commentators covered for him, saying that, oh no, the doctor cleared him. He's fine. <laughs> But he did tape it up just as precautionary, a.k.a. putting a target on it. Yes, exactly. I did notice that the executioner didn't work the knee at all, hardly. That's terrible psychology there. And I think whenever the finisher was him putting him into a bridge pin. Yeah, it looked like a bridge. Using the broken knee and no problems. Nope, no problems at all for fake Cheeto Santana. So could his knee been fake? Most definitely. Fake man. <laughs> so uh, afterwards, we go back to the set, and the executioner explains why he's not the first guest loser. By the way, speaking of questionable, on a close-up there, with uh, when, you, when you were wrestling Santana, one of your eyes looked a little blue. Here they look, uh, bo- both of them look, look brown. Well, that's because under a mask, you never know who's under there. It could be me, it could be someone else impersonating me, and next time maybe Mr. Santana won't be as fortunate. Because he didn't lose, someone impersonating him lost. So take that, Cheeto. So he has just lost his award. Yep, disqualified. Follow us on social media. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the tag team podcast. On Twitter, at tag team. 
on Google Plus, Tag Team Podcast. Or email us, at the Tag Team Podcast at gmail.com. Or on the tagline leave us a voicemail. 6016544 tag that's 6016544824. We had a very ugly incident. Hell's wrong with you? That's open hand slap, huh? Damn, come back. We're gonna cut you. He's all right. He's just sleeping. And that, my friends, brings us to the next portion that was unseen. We originally had planned for you guys an interview with Mel Phillips, but it ended up that the WWF had different plans. This story starts off with a 22-year-old boy, being 13 at the time, stating that his supervisor, Mel Phillips, along with other WWF staff, were indeed touching and grabbing him while working at the WWF as a ring boy. And just to clear all legal. Some listeners may find the following clip disturbing. Parental discretion is advised. All right, we're going to cut over to Tom to give our listeners an idea of what was going on, and then we'll go from there. Tom, take it away. I was grabbed on numerous occasions in my ta- on my testicles, on my buttocks by uh, Pat Patterson of the World Wrestling Federation, and uh, Terry Garvin propositioned me when I was 16, offered me cocaine and all kinds of drugs to uh, have sex with him. When I refused, I was let go from the company when I was 16, and then I returned again when i was 19 i was a let go again because i refused terry garvin's advances this is what he claims and he was working as a ring boy and those out there that don't know what a ring boy is it is people that would break and build the ring for shows they would break the ring down build them up go for this go for that kind of people like the carnies breaking down the rides and building them back up yeah but the same thing and he did file a lawsuit and he ended up winning fifty five thousand dollars and they did cut over to an interview with linda mcmahon and And she states that because the fact that the investigation of this touching and grabbing took so long and all the negative publicity that they were getting, they decided to let Mel go. It was also stated that Linda offered to pay for his college and even let him come back to work once he graduated. And Tom also had this to say. Filming your feet for hours at a time and playing with your feet and making you cry when you're only 13 years old and recording it for his own um, sexual purposes. If you call, if she calls that normal, then obviously there's something wrong with her also. And it was noted that in the interview, Linda did actually say that Mel had a foot fetish. They played it off as a joke. So therefore, I believe that's where he's coming in saying that everybody thought that it was normal. And we don't really know why all of a sudden Linda was awfully interested in his education magically once these alleged accusations actually come out. To me, it sounds like a payoff to keep him quiet. But unfortunately, he got paid off that he went back don't know why he went back i mean you're just a ring boy you're not a wrestler it's a little different sort of shooting yourself in the foot and your credibility kind of goes out the window from that yeah he probably could have got more if he would have stayed away instead of fifty-five thousand dollars, even 85 money that's still pretty light a lot of money back in the day for 85 55 grand and she was willing to pay for the education i think i would have took door a and just not come back but the fact that he come back after all of the touching and grabbing i don't know you know like again like if it was a wrestler, which it has happened before in a wrestler, and that's all the wrestler knows. That's all he can do or she can do. I can see them, I guess, coming back to it years later, hoping that something would have changed. And if that's all you're comfortable with, what you know and what you do, and WWF being pretty much, you know, where you're going to make your money as a wrestler, then I, I could sort of understand them coming back. But again, for a ring boy, 13 years old, eh, you know, credibility's kind of gone from that one. You have any thoughts or opinions? 
opinions would grab us there, John. I think we now know why Mel Phillips did make it to the TNT rebroadcast. He wasn't on here. He wasn't on WrestleMania. I believe they axed him from there as best as they could. But yeah, Mel Phillips was the first and official Crispin erased from history. Ooh, Vince McMahon does go on record saying that Mel Phillips was never an actual employee, though he did work there every day. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of back shuffle events. Next up, we have Brawl between Skylar Lowe and the Executioner. We don't know. It was also unseen segment. Reasons are unknown. Pretty sure there was no touching or any kind of grabbing accusations. I wonder if Mel was actually in that shot while that was happening. I wonder if Mel came in and then the Executioner moved over a chair. Then Skylar Lowe come from behind with a forearm or a mini kick or whatever they do. Yes. I would think that would probably seem accurate. That would be my guess. Yeah, that'd be mine too. I'd never actually seen any footage or stills, but yeah, that sounds like a reason to X the last segment as well. Nope, cut it all out. They'll just deal with it. Yep. Only the people that recorded the original will know what they are missing. Do we still have that? I'm an American. Don't we can play that over everything. <laughs> Makes everything good. Oh, yeah. So possibly two candidates for favorite Miss segment. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Would have been nice and ironic to see what Mel Phillips had to say while we're thinking this in the background. Now that Bosley's back, have him do some research to see if he ever come back to wrestling, period. New segment, Bosley updates us. Our last segment that was actually seen brings back Captain Lou because, heck, it's been an episode since he's been there. Let's bring him back. He sleeps in the back anyway, so not like we had to provide any transportation for him. He ain't gonna talk about anything new. Nope, he's gonna remind us that he's a uh, multiple Sclerosis Ambassador, him and Cindy, plug that charity, apologize for his actions last week and for the uproar that he caused, and then we're going to watch Piper beat him some more from clips from last week. The flick heard around the studio. That was pretty much it. In all fairness, Piper was a gentleman up to that point, so you have to give him to that. And Lou did come out in his normal, what we're used to seeing, attire, so no more overly dressed Captain Lou. Exactly. So, Captain Lou, you get what you got. And he does threaten some more that Piper's going to get his. Oh, a lot of people has Piper in her crosshairs from what Captain Lou was saying. Yeah, he's at the bottom of the list. But we'll see what happens. So comparing episodes. So far we got two. Looks like we're at a shorter format on this Totally Not Tuesday Titans. And we're missing one key component. There's not that much wrestling going on anymore. <laughs> Now, would that be due to the she spoke of earlier? Primetime wrestling. Primetime wrestling. Yes. Seems like it. A few minutes that I've watched of primetime, it's all wrestling. I hadn't seen any vignettes. Not enough wrestling to cover all the shows, so we'll just make this our interview and quick segment wrestling show. I think this was where wrestlers go when they need a vacation. They come on Totally Not Tuesday Titans. Seems like it so far, at least. We're two episodes into the season, and yeah, it's pretty dry drastic changes compared to last season. Which I'm okay with. It's something different for sure. We'll see if it continues or if they change it around some more between now and the 40-some episodes that we go through. 40. Yeah, 40. Awesome. Well, John, I'm feeling a little historical. We begin classic historical figures you'll remember way more clearly than whatever you were taught in history class. Breakdown of big events that shaped pop culture. 1985 is one of the most important years...
It was Friday. Under the sign of the Capricorn, the U.S. president was still Ronald Reagan. Famous people born this day include Dale Beck Smith and Mark Briscoe. I know you're asking yourselves, who the hell's Dale Beck Smith? Right? Everybody wants He is an Australian-Canadian freestyle skier. Now, none of you will probably really know how that happened. The Australian-Canadian, two different sides of the world, north-south, right? So maybe you may know him as Canada's Globe and Mail actually described Beck Smith as a Lamborghini driving 24-year-old who made a fortune on peddling invasive internet spyware. That's right. The Australian newspaper cited Becksmith's company as the origin of spyware programs that can redirect a computer to a porn site or install software that floods the computer with pop-up ads. Scandalous. And a New Zealand newspaper reported that his nickname was Spam King and Silicon Alley. Insider dubbed him the most hated internet millionaire Olympic mogul champion. I don't think that'd fit on a title belt. I don't think so either. And Beck Smith may have become the most hated Olympic level athlete since figure skater turned boxer Tanya Hart. But yet he never had a movie come out about him that I know of. I'm pretty sure there's a movie dealing with pop-ups and spotware. Do they credit him? It's a question. Uh, let's get back to you on that. I think it was a straight-to-DVD release. Understandable. Our next famous person we mentioned was Mark Briscoe, a.k.a. Mark Pug. And he is an American professional wrestler known as Mark Briscoe, and he is actually currently signed with Ring of Honor and working for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it has to be asked, does he have any relation whatsoever to Jerry or Jack Briscoe? Could not find that information. It did not seem like he was, but everything I looked at, even his wiki, I didn't see where he was related to the Briscoe duo. So he's probably a inbred Lance Von Erich type. Yes. Awesome. That's his real name, Mark Pug. I don't think they tried to link that, especially being a Ring of Honor. Yeah. Oh, well, good try. It's a pretty stretch, though. There hadn't been really any significant Briscoes in a while. I think they'd go with someone a little bit newer. And I do have one additional thing. It is officially a holiday. January 18th is Winnie the Pooh Day. Finally. It's about time. It's an observance of the birthday of Alan Alexander Malin, born in 1882. Movie coming out for that, too. Christopher Robin something, I think. I don't know. Saw a preview of it somewhere. And our music, we were still jamming to Madonna's Like a Virgin over here in the USA. And the UK, we had Foreigner with I Want to Know What Love Is. And I want you to show me. Totally inappropriate for our incident segment. I figured I'd tie that in. It was a good wrap-up. Good inclusion. Indeed. And that was his History for January 18th of 1985. So for our next episode, they gave us a little, little sneak preview, which kind of broke down the fourth wall there. They show the barber shop that Enan, Ken Batera, and Big John Stud will be using in the next episode, episode 20. Besides those three, we also get treated to Jesse Ventura, no doubt there to plug primetime wrestling. And hey, we're on Tuesdays, you're not. <laughs> So I look forward to some of that. Kind of wish they wouldn't have showed the barbershop part. And I was kind of looking at it and trying to figure out if that's where they shot the Paul Orndorff from last season. But I couldn't really tell. It does look similar. Yeah, judging by the acoustics, I think they were at an actual place. Maybe they bought all that stuff afterwards. But I'm interested in the next season. It looks like it's starting to pick up momentum. I guess primetime's doing all the heavy lifting. But it looks like our not Tuesday Titans will kind of have it on easy street for a little while. Yeah, we'll get this 
Jesse, who's good on the mic and who can cut promos and do little segments on TNT versus Wrestle in the Ring. What do you want? You keep touching my leg! And with that, that was episode 19. Thank you for downloading. Continue to download. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your friends of your family. Tell your family's friends. Download, download, download. Tag Team Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Tag Team Podcast. Join Jeff and John next week as they continue to break down WWF Tuesday Night Titans. Now with a bit more leverage on the side of Santana grinding it out. Oh my.